Hey you, how's it going? My name is Ruby Price and you are listening to the third episode of Fresh From The Scene. If you haven't already, I do suggest checking out the previous episodes of this podcast where I've chatted to the lovely Vajejo and the amazing Jamie from Skies Turn Black. I'm not contractually obliged to say it, but I'm going to anyway. If you enjoy this podcast, please do share it on social media as it massively helps out with algorithms and other things like that. And if you fancy, why don't you leave a review? You can find me online at FFTScene, that's F-F-T-S-C-E-N-E, or at Rubes. This week's guest is Luke Rainsford, and I'll let the podcast take it from here. You're listening to Fresh From The Scene. Your host, Ruby Price. Welcome to Fresh from the Scene. Today's guest is the fantastic Luke Rainsford. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. How was that for an introduction? Yeah. Fantastic Luke Rainsford. It was good. I like it. Yeah. I've never been called fantastic before. That's a new one. Now you it's have. A, yeah. New, is, that, is that an adjective? Yeah, it's an new, adjective. New adjective, yeah. That's my terrible English knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a while since I last saw you. It would have been Slam Dunk 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that was a long time ago. Oh, it, 2018, one of the two. It was 20... 2018, wasn't 2018 it? 2018, I played. Yes. yes. Yeah, I didn't play 17. Um, yeah, it's, it feels like so much longer than just over a year and a half. It just, I don't know, it, it, it's simultaneously been like a long time and been really quick, if you get what I mean. It's been so busy, but also like, wow, like it's blown by. <laughs> so you know how would you describe your music to someone who doesn't know who you are this is always a difficult question for me because mm. it kind of changes every day when someone asks me <laughs> um but i would normally go for like acoustic emo but it's sort of written more like a band than acoustic stuff like yeah so sort of compared like bands like the front bottoms um this wildlife um aaron west and the warring 20s that's that sort of thing yeah yeah but, um I always find that I don't really fit in on acoustic lineups really well, which is why I say, like, it's written for a written, band. Yeah, written I, for a band. I always feel more comfortable playing with bands, and mm. people seem to re- react better when I play with bands. So. Yeah, like, I've seen some videos online of you playing with bands, and then when I go and listen to you on Spotify, it's like, so this is just acoustics? Oh, no, there's a, maybe a bit of a drum, and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I've recently started playing uh, over the past couple of years uh, with a backing band as well, which has sort of just made it a bit easier, because sometimes when I did play with bands, it was like, especially as I've sort of grown in size, I'd like play with artists who are much smaller and starting out, but I'd still be sort of part opening, which didn't bother me, but it was ha- what would happen is some people would sometimes come to my shows and leave after I played. And I was like, oh, that's really unfair. And I didn't want to like have to stop playing with smaller bands because I really like playing with bands who are just starting out. But I wanted to be able to sort of like be further up lineups in a less awkward way than having band, 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 solo acoustic artist. Um, so I thought, yeah, it might be fun to play with some friends and stuff and then... Yeah, I do quite a lot now. I do. I think more often than not, I play with a band now than on my own. It's, it's really good fun. You are going to Canada? Yeah, literally next week. So from mm. the time of this being recorded, uh, a week today. Uh, I've never flown before. Have you either. not? No, not flown. My first time on a plane that I can remember. Unless I went when I was a mm. child and no one's told me. Uh, and yeah, it's my first time flying. And um, Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I have no idea what the show is going to be like at all. I have no idea if anyone listens to me in Canada. Um, but regardless, it's going to be a really good time. And mm. Just playing in a different country itself is going to be, you know, incredible. Because I've played in Wales and Scotland, um, but like a different continent, like over water, is like, like an alien thing for me. So 
yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they seem to be a, bit, a pretty friendly bunch, so, you know. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I really want to see a moose. A moose. That's like, yeah, that's like my main goal. Like The shows are, like, third in priority. Like, my, my priority is, like, so number three, playing the shows. Uh, number two, trying, like, trying to find vegan poutine. Mm. And then number one, to see, uh, like, a moose in the flesh. It's like my, my main goal. It took me a very long time to actually figure out that poutine was just cheese chips and gravy, but Canadian style. Effectively, yeah. It's like, because obviously cheese chips and gravy is quite a northern thing. Yeah. Which I didn't know was a thing, because I'm from the Midlands. Mm. So when I moved Same. when I moved to Leeds, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, when I moved to Leeds and everyone was like having cheese and gravy, I was like, what the... It's I'm weird, like, isn't it? Am I allowed to swear? Or? Yes, okay. swear away. Yeah, cool. That's good. Um, yeah, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Because like... It's cheese and gravy like what the fuck that's weird apparently mm-hmm. it's really good I've not tried it because since I discovered it was a thing I've been vegan but yeah it sounds interesting <laughs> yeah I'm not a fan of cheese chips and gravy chips and gravy yeah yeah but... chips and gravy that's like a classic that's like exactly. the classic working class like a cheap meal just to sort of have that it's like delicious and quick and easy and stuff but no the cheese adds like an element to it that makes me uncomfortable something mm. about it makes me feel weird I don't know what it is just yeah like cheesy chips is a thing gravy and chips is a thing yeah like put the three together some a bit weird. not all good things have to mix I feel like some good things are fine as they are yeah and should just be like untouched mm. but I also maybe that's just like my ignorance like my Midlands ignorance kicking in like <laughs> now maybe I'm in the wrong I don't know I mean, the Midlands is often the target for being, you know, in the wrong in terms of deciding things. So. Yeah, it is. It's it's always ignored as well. Like a lot of people are like, oh, like the North and South and and they'll be like, oh, the Midlands doesn't exist. And like literally does. It's mm. literally a thing. Like, they'll be like the North divides like Birmingham and then like above that is North, below that it's South. And it's like there's so much of the Midlands you're missing. Yeah, the Midlands like, is a lot bigger than people give it credit yeah, for as huge, well. Yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. like so many good musicians in the Midlands. Oh, yeah. Like... Led Zeppelin, <laughs> Black Sabbath, The Specials, One Direction. <laughs> we'll give them a miss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like I don't know. Just it's a, it's a great part of the country. Yeah, I'm getting really passionate about yeah. the Midlands. I don't even live there anymore. I moved away from the Midlands. <laughs> but, you know. So when you moved up to Leeds for university, did you have to then decide if you were a northerner or a southerner? I did. Apparently, I'm not allowed to be a northerner. Are I've asked. Not? I've asked actual northern people. Um, yeah, I'm not qualified to be a northerner because I've only lived up in Leeds for a year now. So after um, three years, you get your northern license, and yeah, then, um, yeah, that's what I've been told. You got to do like a test. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it, questions like you know who yeah. built Hadrian's Wall and stuff yeah. like that. See, I don't know this, so I, I can't, I can't be a northerner. I think it might have been Hadrian. That, oh, that, sure. may, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I've lived here since I was younger, but I've got no idea really, um, you know, who built it, anything like that, or what makes me a northerner. But you know. We'll just move on. Um, so, you know, you've said you've not flown before and you've also got a European support slot coming up as yeah, well. Yeah, I do. For the first time. Which I'm really excited for. It's a long time coming. I've been mm. trying to sort out a Europe tour for years. Like the first few times I tried to do it, it was just way too small for it to be worth it, really. Because um, it was just really expensive and i am never had much money at all, really. I've always sort of had to try and do things as cheap. And the last few times when it's sort of been feasible, I've been had other, other things to do. So, um, like this summer, I had a chance to do it, but I was making a record, um, and it's finally happened. To the point where it's like it works financially and um, like time-wise as well. And luckily, just before Brexit, um, <laughs> which is brilliant. So yeah, I'm really excited. Um, mostly Germany, the shows with um, Corey Wells and Lizzie Farrell, who are both artists on Pure Noise, uh, who I'm really big fans of. So I'm really excited to like spend some time with those. 
yeah, it's gonna be rad. Like people have been asking me to go to Europe since forever. So mm. it's finally, you know, getting over there. It's gonna be so much fun. I don't know what to expect again. Like yeah, like even like from the places themselves, not just the shows. Like so, it's gonna be really exciting to go to my comfort zone and see some new things. Yeah. Yeah, my um, friend who has done a couple of European tours like said that Germany treat artists there no matter how big they are like royalty. Yeah, you don't know. It's that's really alien to me because it's only recently I've sort of been treated like well. I guess I'm not really complaining about it because it, I don't expect anything. I'm, no, I'm really yeah. just giving me some tap water and I'm fine. <laughs> but um, what's really interesting is when I first started out, how badly I was treated. Like looking back at the time, mm. I didn't really notice. But like looking back, it was like lucky that I'd get like anything, like a slot or money or anything. It was very much like me like losing a lot of money, losing it a lot just to play shows. And so I've heard the same thing about Europe that like no matter what, you're treated really well, which is really cool. I think especially for up and coming bands because yeah, I think this country can be quite intimidating for younger bands because it's so difficult to get shows in the first place. And mm. when you first first start getting shows, it's just hard. Like you'll be like opening like shows, playing to very few people, like for no money you'll struggle to sell merch and stuff and it can be like really demoralizing so i think that like you know it, it's good to hear that like other countries are way more welcoming and yeah accommodating there does seem there did seem to be a sort of rise as well in uh, the pay to play sort of like thing yeah like i've never really got involved with it um but i've had a lot of friends who have sort of come through that sort of circuit and it's um it's very exploitative for mm-hmm. sure like i think there's like there's a sort of different forms of it there's the whole thing of like there's a side of it where I don't think it's pay to play where like promoters will put local bands on shows and you won't get paid but you're like you'll you be given tickets to sell but you don't have to buy them you just like if you can sell and then if you sell enough we'll give you some cut of what we make and stuff and I, don't, I think that's okay because when you're a local band it's a chance for you to play with say bigger touring artists mm. pick up some fans um, if you sell tickets to friends and family or like your like a, a local fan base you can get some money back uh, and then sort of build your name in the area which is really useful and then there's the really awful side of it where it's like hey if you want to support us um buy like some tickets off us and then you keep all the money that you sell wow it's so great what a good deal and it's like it's it's so it's preying on these young bands who like just want to play and you may maybe like as a result of mm. the way they're treated just think oh a chance for us to play and we'll think oh it's an investment and it's like no you're being ripped off like straight up like if if, if a band is selling you tickets they don't care if anyone buys those tickets they don't care if anyone's at the show they've got your money yeah they've they already care. sold enough tickets to you who is then supposed to you know sell it's your on. loss if you don't sell those tickets yeah so it's so bad whereas like the other side of it where promoters give you tickets like if you sell these you know give us the money and we'll give you some back based on how well the show does like that side makes sense because putting a show on is expensive you've got pay mm. bands you know door staff, bar staff, like hire the venue. It's really expensive. So that side's fine because the promoter's not taking anything off the band. He's just saying like, here's a chance to play. If it does well, we'll give you some money. Wins for everyone. Um, and it's also that kind of nice, it's nice having that trust where like, there's no like financial agreement between you and the promoter. It's just like, that they, they have faith in you as a band and they like want to give you an opportunity and stuff and help you grow. And obviously like it, it can suck, say if like you do those sort of shows and not many people buy tickets and it's difficult. Like you don't want to be that guy like messing your friends like, come to my show and then th- they put maybe yeah <laughs> interested um <laughs> but like it, it's definitely a cool way to start like that's, that's how i first started doing shows is that sort of show but um it really does help build because when you get that confidence and you become better at playing live and people see that and you're supporting these touring artists and you're making friends and making connections then you come on to sort of the other side of playing shows where you like 
get off show offers and play outside of your hometown and stuff like that. So it's yeah, so it's it's a tough industry to start to be sure. And pay to play does make it really hard because some things are very well disguised mm. as pay to play. Um, so sorry, it's not pay to play when they actually are. So you've you got to really like read into everything and do your research and make sure you know who's booking you and stuff. Going back to what you were just saying about you know uh, touring with some artists that you're a fan of, mm. like who's probably who would you say has been the nicest person you've toured with? Oh, I don't want to like start any arguments here because everyone I've told has been lovely. <laughs> okay, just who has been a nice person, not necessarily the nicest. Nicest. Okay, yeah, we'll take away the, uh, yeah. the extreme. <laughs> so, Holding Absence were some mm. of the nicest people ever. Uh, they were so welcoming and so like lovely to us. Um, everyone, on, uh, all of my team on that tour, um, they were great, and they did us like a few favors um, for sure. Um, especially because we were such different sounds. Like I was a bit nervous, but we'd met a few times before. Like we got along, mm. but I was just a bit apprehensive as to how the whole thing would be. And honestly, like couldn't ask for a nicer band. As it is, were really nice as well. Yeah. They were like because re- that was the first time I toured with like a much bigger artist than me, and I was really anxious about it. And I remember, <laughs> I remember the first day of that tour was in Norwich, and it was me and my um, my tour manager just sort of sitting there, and I was very uncomfortable just sort of watching them sound check, waiting to like load my stuff, set up merch and everything. And um, didn't really want to go say hi because I'm really bad at being social. Like mm. I was really bad at it. And um, yeah, that, the, the singer Patty comes up to me and he's just like, "Hey, bud!" Like introduces himself and that that just that little gesture. Yeah, it was like really cool because it's like I felt so welcomed and I didn't I didn't feel like I was in the way. I felt like I was supposed to be there and it was really cool. Um, and like most bands are like that. It was just really it was just like a really nice moment for me just to like be like, "Wow, I'm actually." I belong in this industry. I'm like, I'm in the right place. Cause yeah. Until that point, I was very much like, that was around the time I was first getting loads of really cool offers for tours and festivals and stuff. And some really exciting things happened to me. And I was very much like, wow, I don't deserve this. Like, it's like imposter syndrome. I just felt like I'm just, I don't deserve all these opportunities. Someone else should have this. And um, it was really nice. That that moment really helped me like feel comfortable in, in this industry, which is, and obviously sometimes I still feel like that I sometimes I still get like whoa like why 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 is it me but um yeah like m- m- everyone that I've ever played shows with has been really cool and really supportive and welcoming and so I'm very lucky to have that because lo- I think I'm definitely privileged I- I'm in a privileged where like obviously I'm like I'm a straight white guy playing like very accessible music so I understand that like not everyone will have that experience which sucks but you know I'm I, I do feel very lucky to have had those good experiences. Did you go to Slam Dunk last year just to enjoy it? Or I did, yeah, just yeah. to, just to um, yeah. have a good time, which was quite rare for me. Yeah. I like very rarely get to go to shows just to mm. go to a show because I I played so much. Mm. Um, sometimes I don't want to. Like sometimes, like I get home from a tour, I'm like, wow, I've had enough music for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was really cool. Because um, obviously they'd uh, like you know they'd changed the location. It was a big. Yeah, contrast for Sandung this year. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really, really nice. It was like it felt like very, very festivaly. If you know, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like Slamdunk always. When I I grew up going to that festival, and it was always like really intimate, and especially when it was in Wolverhampton because that's where I grew up. Oh yeah, the so, Midlands. So, so I could like walk to Slamdunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could like walk to Slamdunk and like down the road to my house see my favorite bands, mm. which was crazy to me at that time. Um, but I, I liked it a lot. I think it was really cool, like, especially if they want to keep growing and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. And they're such a small team of people, like, and they're so passionate about what they do. So it's cool to see them able to expand to mm. that size already. Like, yeah, I can't think of like a f- festival team that are like more deserving, like, mm. 
I remember um, when they first announced that they were going to be moving to like the actual just a festival location. I was a bit hesitant because like Slam Dunk is it, its home is Leeds, yeah, and it's always been in like you know like the city centre. Like I remember seeing a tour poster for Slam Dunk where it was just three venues, and one of them was just the university. Yeah, and it was like you know I think that might have been twenty twelve, and then to see it you know just sort of move to a festival and just be successful as well with what it was. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. It's really nice, like it's like a really it's a proper success story, mm. which I think is it's always nice to have those sort of um like businesses or artists or just um like shows, festivals to look up to because like it's one of those industries where it can be really disheartening sometimes when you put a lot of work in and sometimes it doesn't feel like you're making much ground. Yeah. And then you see like companies like Slam Dunk who like came from like this really small club night in Leeds that would put on shows to like this huge like festival that is like world renowned renowned. Is that you pronounce that word? Renowned. renowned, renowned. Whatever that word. <laughs> World renowned. Like. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's so it's it's really nice to have that, um, and especially because that's so down to earth as well. Yeah, like, definitely incredible. Like, mm. yeah, it's, it's like a really nice, it's a really nice part of the industry. Yeah, like Huddersfield recently tried to um, start its own like festival called Hoods Fest or something along those lines, mm. and last year it was just like one day, one like one big artist and a couple of small things, and then this year they decided to sort of expand. Cool. And it just didn't have the same sort of take up that they were expecting. Yeah, sometimes you can get rush things. Yeah. I think like a lot of artists do this as well, mm. where, where they like they get all like one cool show, one cool opportunity, and then just try and like they immediately sort of shut themselves off from local scenes and be like, right, I'm, I've done this big thing now. So like <laughs> we're never playing the pub down the corner yeah, again. Yeah, and it's like you've got to, like there's nothing wrong with making that step, but I think mm. you've got to do it at the right time. Like I'm not at that step yet. Like I'm 100 like I've like I've done loads of cool stuff, but I'm still like not at that point where I can be like I need to be like more selective like um and I am I am very selective with what I do but you know I've still got to be wary and I think a lot a lot of businesses in general do that where they just like there's there's being um like ambitious and then there's like being like <laughs> over ambitious <laughs> living um, the american dream yeah basically so um it's just about being realistic and 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 push pushing it pushing what's realistic because you know like, like that's how you Develop, that's how you sure. grow yeah. but like you've got to be willing to put the time in because if you tr- if you try and go too quick then you'll just shoot yourself in the foot really for sure because like you, you're never guaranteed anything like success or anything and um if, if you like build up like a dedicated following for, like that as an artist or a, or a festival or a show or a business then they will follow you whereas if you like try and push too hard sometimes you can alienate people who like supported you so it's sort of a mantra i try and keep with everything i do is like like it's always like community first fan first mm. like i don't really like the word fan but you know commu- community first uh, because they're the reason why i can sell merch and you know pay for things i need to do to carry on making music mm. and making my art that's uh, so, like obviously they're my priority like no matter what so I, I think as long as that's your goal as as a business or as a band then you're in the right direction really whereas things can sometimes become across a bit self-indulgent so things like oh i want to like start this festival and then oh let's branch out to a few days maybe it's like there's not the scene for that yet there's not the there's not the fan base or community Mm. there for that yet um so you need to sort of build that first rather than just being like i want to do this be like what do other people want which i think is really important obviously you still got to make yourself happy as well of course you do like you know i'm not i'm not saying like forget what i want to do i'm gonna just gonna like make everyone else happy because you know that's unhealthy but that that nice balance of like i want to make a festival but you know people aren't really interested in like a three-day thing so i'll stick to you know what i know works and then 
what they what people want what people are happy to pay for what people want to experience in their city and stuff yeah um, i'd agree with that take note hoods fest <laughs> there's no shade by the no way. shade yeah no shade yeah. at all because like i i'm just like I, w- I want there to be a better music scene in Huddersfield because you mm. know that's what brings bands like green day here yeah you know. exactly yeah i'm yeah i'm so looking forward to that gig yeah i'm buzzing to see weezer yeah, like... I, the, the, um, Fall Out Boy and Weezer are two bands on that lineup who I've not seen before, which is surprising to say that like my defining music taste is probably pop punk. Yeah, and they're both pretty much you know staples of pop punk. Yeah, for sure. Like Fall Out Boy and Green Day, I listened to so much growing up. Green mm. Day are the reason I started playing music. Yeah, and um, because I'm a drummer naturally, I started playing drums when I was 11, and I just wanted to learn drums to play the drum solo in the song Burnout and Dookie. <laughs> That's the only reason I wanted to learn to play drums. Um, yeah, so that so it's, I've never seen them either, so I'm really excited. But Weezer Green are Day like, are really good live. I've heard, yeah, they yeah. they do like really long sets. Where it, just yeah, kind of like, I was surprised how many songs they managed to fit into the set when I saw them yeah. in 2016. I think it was Manchester Arena. I'm like really excited. Yeah. I've like bought city tickets on my own because it's going to really? be like an experience to me. It's yeah. like it's like Green Day and Weezer are like some of my favorite songwriters. Mm. So like I don't want distractions. I just want to like <laughs> take in like yeah, which is cool. But Weezer are like a weird one for me because I've always liked them. And then in the past like two years, I've got had this sort of weird early 20s Weezer obsession. <laughs> like, and it's really strange, like, because they're like, half of their albums are terrible. Yeah. But I just fucking love love it so much. And spot, a lot of the early stuff is really like misogynistic and like kind of like lyrically like problematic mm. as well. Just as a band, they're just like such good songwriters. And they really can even turn a cover into like yeah. something that sounds like it should be theirs as well. Yeah, the Teal album. Um, yeah. What a bizarre experience that was. When that came out, I was so confused. Like I, I didn't really read into it. I just saw they'd got a new album out mm. and I was like, cool, I'll give this a shot. And then then you realize, then you listen to it and it's like, hang on a sec, I've heard this song Yeah, before. I was like, this is literally Toto. <laughs> like, yeah, they're the only band that's ever covered Africa that pulled it off yeah. I, I think they pulled it off like, I, I yeah. think they pulled it off as well I think the album rocks like, yeah. I've never used the word rocks before that was so <laughs> weird um, yeah it's great Like, I'm not normally a big fan of covers really Like, mm. but yeah I think either, either it's really good or I'm just Weezer trash I'm not sure which one <laughs> you both. say you're not a fan of covers yet the last single you released was a cover yeah that was for a compilation mm. um, so um, I don't really do covers live but um, I, I did release a cover yeah that's very hypocritical of me um, <laughs> no just because I got asked to do um, a song for a compilation covering Senses Fail and they're a band that I have a lot of respect for and I listened to a lot growing up the singer of that band Buddy has always been really open about his sort of mental health and his journey and I think that's really inspiring it really inspired me um, so I, I sort of made an exception, and I, um, I was very happy to be involved with that. Mm. Um, it, it wasn't like um, like a single single. It wasn't like a thing I was pushing that I was being like new music. It was just like a cool little thing that if people wanted to listen to, they could. That that was like an example of me being a bit selfish and just being like, I love this band. You know, like I would love to do a cover for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm still stoked how it came out. I've never played it live. To be honest, I can't remember how to play it. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that, that that was really fun to do. Mm. I really enjoyed the cover. Like, I didn't actually realize it was a cover until, um, like, I actually did a bit of googling because it sounds like a song that you could have written. Oh well, yeah, I think yeah. that was a compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's kind of why I chose that song because mm. I was going to originally reimagine one of their heavier songs and try and make it really chill and cool. Yeah, and I was like, that song is like, it's very me. It sort of 
covers similar themes to what I cover. It's very sort of catchy and chill, and I was like, it just makes so much sense. Like, uh, people could probably just think I wrote this. I wasn't. I wasn't covering it. Some people <laughs> would think like, well, this song's really good. Luke stepped up his game. I was just like, it, it, it like, you know, it um, it fit really well into sort of my my sound. Mm. So I was, yeah. So is there any more music planned for this year or not for this year, but for next year. year? Next year. Next year, I will have some music out in some form. I've got to be really careful how I yeah. say this because I've got I've had this really bad habit of spoiling stuff at shows. So I get mm. just like loads of adrenaline. And I get really I get a bit weird at shows. I just sort of like let my mouth yeah. say stuff. Oh, by the way, I've got an album coming out on the twenty second of February. <laughs> <laughs> Not that specific. No. But um, I just say things I shouldn't. So, I'm, but yeah, I do have new music coming, and it's very different. Very different. Very different, and I'm really excited by it. Yeah, I just want to put it out now, really. But we, you know, can't. <laughs> you can't. There's a whole bureaucratic process yeah. to releasing music. Yeah, that people don't see. So when I was recording it, so I, I was tweeting about like those little snippets on Instagram and stuff, and mm. everyone was like, "Oh, like, can't wait to hear this." And I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a while before you hear it." <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited. I've never been this excited to release something because it's, I've sort of not paid attention to my genre at all because I'm not really a big fan of acoustic music, really. I like some acoustic artists, but as a whole, it's not my thing. Yeah. So for this record, I was like, I'm done with like just sticking into like my acoustic pigeonhole. I want to just make music that I want to make. Hmm. So completely like, I did. I went in with like no rules. I'm like, I'm not interested in being like commercial like or like, you know, following trends. I'm not interested in like, oh, labels want people to release loads of singles because that's, you know, easier to, you know, it's more content, it's more regular content. I'm not interested in that. I just want to make, as pretentious as it is, I just want to make art. Yeah. And, um, something that means something to me. And this album is like the most authentic I've ever been. Like, I've always been very authentic emotionally and always very um, open about things. But this album in particular, of just musically as well as themes and lyrically, I've, I've, stuck to my guns and just been like this is me this this album is like me in music form and i'm so excited for people to hear it that sounds really promising yeah i mean <laughs> people might hate it <laughs> it's one of those records where it's like it's very risky mm. in terms of like like it might alienate some people um but that's fine like i don't expect people to like it like it's it's I, i've taken things i know people like from my music so cause I, I listen to what people i listen to the songs people respond to the best and i'm like cool and then I, I I equate that to things I love doing and I've sort of mashed them together and I've sort of been like this is the things that you guys love the most and the things that I love the most from my music and I'm going to try and just do that but I have also taken influences from like things completely not from my genre at all which I'm really excited about there's a lot of Weezer influences in there and there's a lot of um, pop influence there's a lot of um, sort of like shoegaze influences a lot of okay a lot of influences that are just you wouldn't expect and i think when people hear the record for the first time they're going to be not confused but like a bit like it's, it's unexpected like there's a lot of it for sure and it doesn't really follow the same kind of vibe all the way through and uh, we've sort of intentionally made it so like each song has its own kind of little journey a little story which i'm very excited yeah. about <laughs> so it's less of like a concept album more of a concept song yeah, kind of. Yeah, like in some ways it is a concept album. In some ways, um, I, this is getting dangerously close. It's okay. You don't have to just. No, no. I, I, I will. Um, in some ways, it is a concept album in like very loose terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but like audibly, I wanted to make sure that it was very varied and like didn't. 
because my problem with a lot of albums is I've got a really short attention span. So if an album kind of blends into one for me, I get a bit like switched off. Yeah, and there could be incredible you. songs in there. Like some like some of my favorite albums kind of do that to me as well. Like mm. I'm a big Turnover fan, and I love Peripheral Vision. I think it's a perfect album, but sometimes if I'm listening to it, I'll sort of switch off because it's it kind of follows like one track, and it does that track amazingly. Like such a great album, but if I'm not in the right headspace for it, then I'll just switch off and it'll become background noise. And I wanted this record to be one where it's like, if that happens, it'll just suddenly like do something else. Jolt you back to your yeah, attention. And it's like, what yeah. is going on? Like there's moments in this record where it's like ridiculous. It's like, this, like it doesn't make sense. And it's like a bit, not, not jarring, but a bit like confusing and like just so varied that it kind of, it's almost unfocused, but in like a very controlled way, hmm. <laughs> like an intentional and like planned way, which I'm, really excited for it's really hard to like describe it <laughs> without being able to like play it <laughs> but yeah it's it's cool you obviously you know like you said earlier you grew up like just down the road from slam dunk and mm. um, would you say that then like that the artists that would go to slam dunk are the ones that sort of defined your music path oh 100 percent. yeah definitely um i remember seeing the wonder years play in 2013 or 14 one of those years. I wasn't at one of those years. It was. It, it feels like my entire life ago. But um, one of those, I think it was 2014. And um, I remember just seeing them being like, wow, I, I want to do that. Because <laughs> um, they're, they're the reason I started writing songs. So Green Day are the reasons I started playing music. And then The Wonder Years are why I started um, uh, writing. And um, it was that moment where I was watching them and I was like, these songs mean so much to people and I want to be able to make something that means something to somebody else. Yeah, like, especially seeing them in my hotel and being, like, a very impressionable teenager. I was like, this is, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, so, yes, bands like The Wind Years. Um, at the time, I was very much into pop punk as well, so bands like State Champs and um, a band called Paris, who aren't a pop punk. Oh, band, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, with the V. Yeah, Paris <laughs> with the V, yeah. Um, yeah, like, so so many bands. I, I can't even think of any because there's so many. Like, I'm a bit overwhelmed. That's like Man Overboard back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, who I haven't thought about in a long time. Yeah, so that that sort of whole pop punk scene really influenced me. Um, mm. Which I don't listen to anymore, really haven't done for loads of years. But I, I was originally influenced by that quite a lot. Um, and just sort of the songwriting and the, sim the simplicity of it. Um, and then as I started, like, developing, I was more influenced by bands like Turnover and... Very much a band called Say Anything, who okay, uh, it's that they are not not a band anymore, but they're, they're like a really old. I don't even want to call them emo band because that feels like <laughs> undermining how weird they are. Um, it's it's basically like one guy who okay. just like writes and re records all of it, and it's just like the songwriting is very brutally honest to almost an uncomfortable degree, which I really like because it a lot it doesn't sugarcoat things. It's very like blunt about whatever subject uh, or theme the song is about. Um, so I want to sort of combine the simplicity of like pop punk and punk music in general with the whole like brutal honesty and um, not sugarcoated vibe of bands like Say Anything or Frightened Rabbit or um, Modern Baseball that sort of thing and um, yeah I'm, I'm really proud of how I've done it so far um, and I'm glad people like it <laughs> <laughs> so have you enjoyed 2019 then? Um, musically yes like politically and like socially not as much nah um, like in terms of music it's been like probably my strongest year mm. like done like some incredible tours and recorded an album um, and so that was amazing uh, and I'm going to Canada which is mind blowing <laughs> um, 
politically no. <laughs> um, I think that's, you know, I think everyone can yeah. agree with that. I think as a musician as well, like watching potentially limiting like factors coming into play, you know. I, I, I do agree, but even like not selfishly, even just looking yeah. at like people on like lower incomes, like working class people just being treated so awfully, people like starving to death. People, mm. people of color or like immigrants like just being treated like second class citizens or not or in some cases or bargaining chips as well yeah but yeah exactly i've got a lot of trans friends who like just can't get appointments for like mm. for like gender like clinics and stuff it's just horrible like like even like mental health services and stuff like, like our current government is just it doesn't care about any of these people it doesn't care about people who aren't earning a certain amount it doesn't care about someone who isn't like a straight white older person who's making them loads of money they don't give a shit about anyone else and it's just really upsetting to see like even outside of like my world like outside of music because obviously it's, it's hard for musicians but like I don't care about that as much as I care about you know people people's livelihoods and people's well-being yeah because I think that's more important at the end of the day like as much as it does suck that it's going to like potentially affect me unless everyone votes Labour <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know like I, I would I would give up my ease of playing shows and being a musician any day if it meant that even one person could easily get the mental health help they needed or could get that appointment to like start their transition process mm. or give a homeless person like a place to live for a bit or you know I'd, I'd happily without even thinking about it i know exactly what you mean with respect to the whole transition thing like mine was so quick mm. compared to like i've got friends who've been waiting five years for an appointment yeah. at one point the nhs had like an 18 week limit in terms of how long they were supposed to wait between referrals and appointments and now it's just being basically shunted because apparently the government has other priorities <laughs> It's ridiculous, isn't it? Because like, yeah. it's it's not just like making the weight longer. It's like it's such a mental burden. I mean, it's like obviously I can't. I, I'm like a cis guy, so it's not really my place to like talk about this really. But like from experience with friends and stuff, it's like the mental torture that they go through because of these like wait times is horrible. Like there's such a crazy amount of like prejudice from like everyday people. Some people who would even consider themselves allies will just do and say the stupidest things. And, a lot of them, when you even like try and talk to them, but like, hey, don't do this or don't say this, they'll just get really defensive. They don't really mm. care. They just want to look good. They just want to look like they're being supportive. Like one of my friends had to like self-medicate like their um, hormone injections and stuff, which is like they shouldn't have to do that. Like, should, like, because you know the risks involved with that are like huge. But like, if someone's willing to go to that extent, government won't even or like you know give like these services the funding or the ability to actually like help these people like what kind of country are we in like <laughs> they don't care about their citizens it's really frustrating for me and i can't imagine what it's like to be a trans person and go through that but like, even like me as somebody who doesn't directly affect it like upsets me it makes me just i feel so helpless against it as well <laughs> in a more positive note going back onto 29 scene there's been a lot of bands coming back this year <laughs> 29 scene that's brilliant yeah um I've not, I've not heard that before. Have you not? That's such a, that should be a... Is that is that a thing? That is a thing, oh, according wow. to Twitter, at least. Oh, God, I feel... I must sense it out of touch. Yeah, like... Have you seen that gif where it's like, hello, fellow kids? Yes, yeah, I have. That's, that's, yeah. that's me right now. Ah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, obviously you know, we, we got My Chemical Romance back. Say, obviously, um, we're talking about MCR. Yeah, MCR. Like, Funeral for a Friend played some shows, which I never thought yeah. would happen. I've got a really funny story about Funeral for a Friend. So, Holding Absence's manager is the drummer of Funeral for a Friend. Oh, yeah. And I'm a huge Funeral for a Friend fan. I did not know that he was the drummer. Just didn't <laughs> click. So I met him in London and was like, "Hey man, nice to meet you. You know, thanks for having me on the tour. All that stuff." And a few days later, I like find out that he's like the drummer in one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. And you're just like, "Oh wow!" Like, I'm kind of glad I didn't know because I probably mm. would have made a fool of myself because I overthink things a lot. So when I'm talking to someone that I really respect, a musician, I like 
I've never done anything too embarrassing that I'm aware of. Um, but like you know, you don't you you're a bit afraid of coming across as a fan rather than yeah, a professional. Yeah, yeah. I I don't really get starstruck really. Yeah. I don't, I'd like you know I just want to be nice to everyone no matter who they are. Hmm. But there's always that in the back of my mind like that knowledge that like oh I really like this musician so like it can be a bit awkward. But yeah, for a friend, My Chemical Romance. I mean, that's that just came out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned. I'm so excited! I, yeah. I love that band. Um, it's weird to be like able to admit you like them without being harassed by, like you know, like sporty, sporty men. Yeah. <laughs> in, in in school, it's um, like ten years ago if you were a My Chemical Romance fan. It was like, all right, hide. Yeah, you know was, now it's everyone's coming out of the yeah. I don't want to say closet, but woodworks, yeah, know. out of the woodwork. It's it's incredible. I'm I'm literally so excited. Um, one of my favorite bands called Fireworks has come back. Oh yeah, I saw on Twitter. And um, that is huge. They're, they're one of those slams. I, uh, those bands that I saw at Slam Dunk, um, that inspired me a lot. Yeah. Um, so I've even like referenced them in my lyrics. Like some of my lyrics are just straight references, like almost word for word, like me using Fireworks lyrics as a reference because I just respect them so much so that was huge like i'm more excited about that than my chemical Romance, <laughs> which is risky to say like i'm definitely gonna upset everyone by saying that but yeah they're back rage against the machine are back yeah which is cool that's not, cool like I, I do like that band but it's not like a huge yeah i've got like an emotional connection but it's cool to it's see. a good time for rage to be coming back it as well like, you know time, they're, yeah. they're gonna have a lot of source material yeah definitely 100 percent um <laughs> we definitely live in like a very politically strained yeah. world I mean we, we always have them but like even more so than mm. I think the, the most it has been since I've been politically aware yeah I remember at the start of 2017 Rao from Enter said like there's no more room for apathy but mm. like not much has really happened in terms of political activism I guess you could say yeah. like from at least the alternative scene yeah. in inverted commas because this is a podcast and doing that doesn't really work <laughs> Um, like with these bands just coming back, like there's a lot of potential for some, you know, explosive yeah. music. I guess you, would, yeah, you know, for think? sure. Like I've definitely been a part of like not being creating art that like has that impact. But I, what I've always tried to do is it doesn't really influence my art, but it influences my sort of personality mm. and what I say it shows and things I do it shows and stuff. Like yeah, I very much focus on more social politics than anything else, just because I'm I don't see myself as knowledgeable enough about politics to say things with like a conviction like, yeah because I, I i don't want to like, accidentally misinform people or say things so i'm very I, I am very spoken about politics and what i believe in but um i i don't try i don't say too much because i'm it's just not fair on me to sort of accidentally say things wrong or, yeah um the so worst like, thing you can do is spread misinformation exactly as well, yeah if someone then tells that to someone else you it know spreads and spreads it just and spreads, spreads yeah. and eventually so, you end up with so even though, I am it, even though I am outspoken about it, it's more things like I do at my shows as stuff like um, um, I try and make sure I play accessible venues, people with disabilities, mm. and like um, I always um, have like gender neutral toilets and stuff, just stuff like that, like yeah, li- little gestures like that, because I know that those are things that I can easily do and I, that I should. Be They're doing. also the kind of things that like if someone you know comes to your gig and it's like sees that it's disabled access or you know there are gender neutral toilets, it's like that makes their day. Exactly, you know? yeah. So it's like it's a small thing that takes me like no time at all to do. Yeah. And um it can like literally make someone just feel so included and welcome and stuff. I've had a few people like be like really thankful to it. I don't really like when people are really thankful because it like mm. makes me feel like I don't do it for It that. feels like I you've done something. Yeah, I don't want I don't yeah. want people to like think that I'm doing it for like clout. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did inverted commas as well. I just the word clout as well, that's horrible. <laughs> oh. Um <laughs> but yeah, um I'm doing it I'm 
I don't, I'm not doing it selfishly, but just like um, I think it's important to put your politics in any in any. Well, I don't even like calling it politics. It's like it's not politics. It's like people's lives, and yeah, people's identities. I don't I don't like putting those sort of things into my music because it's just not things I I, I understand enough to to put into words. But mm-hmm. I know little actions that I can do to help. Like I've been very much like getting people to register to vote, make sure people know what they're voting for, and like you know helping people like understand things like pronouns and people's identities, things like that. Things that I, I'm comfortable that expressing and explaining. But I think everyone in some way should be politically active with their art in some way. Yeah. In just, even just little ways. Even even if it's just like, oh, like putting gender neutral toilets into your into your show, that sort of thing. Because that's such a small thing. Like every everyone can do that. Mm. Everyone can do something small. Yeah. Like um, not everyone necessarily has to be dedicating entire songs to women crowd surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As but good as it is. As, like, cool, yeah, as someone yeah. who has crowd surfed in a women only crowd surf. Yeah. Like, as, as cool yeah. as that is, and like as like you know, much respect I have for that sort of mm. thing. Like. A- a- any little gesture can be huge to someone so yeah for sure like you don't you don't have to make it your entire like thing and if you do like fair play to you if, you, if your entire thing as a musician is like i want to be you know i want to make sure everyone is like i don't know like it's like identity first that's great mm. like I, I respect that um but i also think like there's another side to it where it's like if i did that it would not be appropriate because i'm come to such a privileged point where like, i haven't had these experiences i haven't had these like i haven't been prejudiced against i've had i haven't no background to like say like anything about this stuff really um not even not at all not even really i don't have any so it's not fair of me to say like write too many songs about it because it's just like it's kind of like taking other people's struggles and then like making it benefit me Mm. and i don't think that's fair so um so i wouldn't personally write songs about this sort of stuff beyond like maybe like the odd line here and there about things I i would but it's just not fair of me to base it around that I'm waffling a lot because I'm just like <laughs> sort of processing as I'm talking. <laughs> but yeah, is there anything else you want to plug whilst you're here? Yeah, so I've got a few things I want to plug. Um, so the first thing is my UK European tour. Um, so the northern date uh, is Manchester on the 26th of January at Gulliver's and there's uh, London on the 24th and Birmingham on the 25th. Yep, that's really cool. Um, that's like my sort of main sort of UK shows to finish off this EP cycle. Um, so if you want to hear some of those old songs. Next thing is um, some artists I want people to check out um, because they deserve Go all ahead. the love. Yeah. Um, so there's a band called Fresh who are incredible. Uh, it's like punk. The really catchy punk. Really fucking good. An artist called Wilted Flower who's like, um, she's just like an acoustic artist but it's really heartfelt and sweet and just well written and like really just wholesome and nice and her voice is incredible. And there's also a band called Pretty Vile from Coventry who are just like this gnarly like, I'm pretty sure they're a duo or a trio and it's just like gnarly like punk again. It's just, it's so rad. There's mm. three bands slash artists you should check out. And the last thing I want to plug is um, an organisation called Head Above the Waves from Cardiff. Um, and they spread a lot of awareness to young people about sort of self-harm and mental health. And they sort of help sort of um, introduce coping mechanisms and sort of strategies into um, helping people deal with that and um, maybe not self-harm as much or sort of help them find other ways to sort of deal with these issues. And I think that's really incredible. And completely non-profit organisation in Cardiff. Yeah, they're, they're amazing, honestly. They're the best group of people and they mm. do such an important, like, they do such an important work. And I think, you know, they, they already get a lot of love, but they can never have enough in my eyes. So yeah. 
please go like buy some of their stuff to help them out yeah they've got they've got like really cool like sort of merch lines they do where they sort of raise money to help them fund all these services they provide and i, I can't speak highly of them so. i'll put some links to them all in yeah. like the description and on social media and That'd stuff really nice thank yeah. you very much when this goes out yeah so if people want to find you online or on like streaming services etc where can they find you um literally just my name luke rainsford uh it's quite a unique name so just you'll find me everywhere except for instagram where some random person has my name um so i'm l rainsford on instagram which is really annoying um but yeah just come say hey i'm always talking to people on twitter and making weird weird tweets about whatever pops to my head at the time you are very active on twitter yeah it's fun yeah. i have a good time on twitter i think it's just it's nice it's like it's so like quick and just easy to talk to people and mm. i can be a bit weird and it's fine like i just i have like a really weird sense of humor and um i sort of like expressing that side of myself because i don't know i'm like as much as i'm like an artist and a professional like it's just i'm just a, a you guy. are a person as yeah well. i'm just a yeah. guy who has a is a bit weird thank you for coming on the podcast oh my pleasure i'm sorry i talk so much thank you uh for listening everyone that's still listening and yeah, yeah. thank you very much thank you my pleasure thank you you're listening to fresh from the scene with ruby price thanks again for listening i'll leave a link to luke and all of the people he plugged in the description so make sure you go and check them out don't forget to share this over on social media if you did enjoy it I massively appreciate it, and if you've got time, you could always leave a nice review on whatever podcast platform takes your fancy. Go and follow us on Twitter at FFTScene. Again, links in the description. And I will see you next week in the next podcast. Thank you, and goodbye.